You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to this special crossover episode of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Jeff Snyder of Locked On Dodgers. I always point the wrong way. That is Lucas Smith of Locked On Cardinals. Want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Unless it's Locked On Cardinals being your first listen of the day. But why would it be? Anyway, <laughs> the Dodgers and Cardinals are going to be playing each other in the National League wildcard game uh, tomorrow. And we thought, why don't we talk about it? Because, you know, we had a fun time talking about uh, the uh, Dodgers po- Cardinals series uh when was that? Back in June? The first time they played, yeah, back in June. Yeah, and had a good time talking about that. And, you know, we seem to like each other, get along pretty well uh, for now until tomorrow <laughs> when we're bitter, bitter, permanent enemies forever. Uh, so we figure we might as well take advantage of the fact that we still like each other right now to talk about this series. So, Lucas, you know, I guess my first question for you is how badly are the Cardinals going to lose this game, do you think? <laughs> It's, it's relentless. You did the same thing at the uh, play, playoff preview. It's ridiculous. I think that, that, that I don't know how, how you feel, but from, from a Cardinals perspective, I wouldn't think any team would actually want to play the Cardinals right now. You, I mean, you know, you can joke all you want. They're one of the hotter teams in baseball. They had one of the best Septembers in the history of baseball. They had a 17 game winning streak. And I know that that's pretty historic <laughs> to say the least. So I think that the, the Dodgers, all the respect in the world to Los Angeles, 106-win team. Sully talked about the best title defense ever and still didn't get the National League West crown. I would still be scared from the Dodgers because it's a one-game playoff. And as we've seen in the history of this wildcard game, anything can happen in one-game playoff. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's that's basically what it boils down to. You know, the uh, if you look at the the last 10 games, the Dodgers are 8-2, and two, the Cardinals are 7-3. and three. So, uh, you know, the, the, after the, the – I guess it's, I don't know if it matters much, but the Cardinals did, they're not going into the playoffs on that hot streak. They, they've been playing very well still. And, you know, I'd be nervous about any team in a wild card game because anything could happen in one game. And the fact is the Cardinals, who I, I do think that, uh, you know, to win 17 games, games in a row, you have to have some luck. Some things have to bounce right. But okay. I, I also don't think there's ever been a bad team that I don't think there's ever been a team that isn't very good that won 17 straight games. And so, yeah, the fact is the the Dodgers do have to face a very good team in a one game, a one game playing game, basically to get into the, the real playoffs. I kind of distinguish, I, I call this the postseason, but the playoffs don't start till the division series, you know, it's the postseason because it ha- happens after the season, but it's not really the playoffs yet. And so it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's not fun. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this on yesterday's episode of Locked On Dodgers. Like, it obviously the system sucks, but it's also the same system that has sucked this way for a long time. And you know, the fact that it's now affecting the Dodgers probably isn't a good reason to change it. But I wonder if it might end up being part of the reason that they that they end up changing it. Well, I think even even like last year was a completely different circumstance because you had the expanded playoffs. But I would even be more okay with this wild card game or this wild card round if it were best of three. Because baseball, you know, you, you alluded to this in the playoff preview that was on Locked on MLB on Monday that baseball, more than any other sport, is not a one-game type season. So to have everything boiled down to one game, even if you have two 92-win teams rather than a 107 and a 92, just seems kind of odd. 
You know, I thought that last year's having the three game playoffs, it was exciting. The Cardinals and Padres went to three games. I think the, there were a couple other games, the series last year that went to three games. So it, the three game series makes more sense just in that, in that regard and would be more exciting in my opinion, you know, and we would probably make more money that way too, having it be a series. But then you're starting to probably get in, into deeper into November if you have a game seven of the world series. But this is the, you mentioned this is the Dodgers first time playing in a one game playoff, right? Since this is the system was implemented. Yeah. Unless you count game 163 in 2018 to win the division, but yeah, the first time in a wild card game and uh, yeah, you know, cause the Dodgers won their division eight straight years and I think I don't remember exactly when they started the the wild card game, having two wild card teams. But I think it's been during or right around that time that the Dodgers started winning their division is when they went to two wild card teams. And yeah, so it's a uh, you know it, it's been fun in previous years watching. Like I remember in 2017 uh, when the the D backs and the Rockies were the two National League wild card teams and the Dodgers had the best record in the league. So they just got to sit back and watch those teams beat up on each other. And you saw like the, the Dimebacks ended up using like all their starting pitchers to, to beat the Rockies. I think the final score in that game was like 38 to 37 or something. And, you know, (laughs) and, and and it's like, and we're just sitting back as Dodger fans. just like, yes, excellent. (laughs) Destroy each other. And it worked out great because then the, the D backs had to start Taiwan Walker in game one. And he, you know, gave up four runs in the first inning. They didn't get to use their, their best pitcher until game three of the series. And by that point, the Dodgers were already up two games, nothing. And they, and they swept them. So like, I, I, I like the system when the Dodgers win the division, but uh, it's a little bit nerve wracking when they don't. Yeah. Well, t- to the the system's point, I think that what it was meant to do was put more emphasis on winning the division. And in that sense, it has 100% worked. Because if you don't win your division and you're in that wildcard team, then you have to play that one game. So in that sense, it has worked. But the Cardinals played the first wildcard game in 2012 was when this was implemented. Cardinals and Braves, and everybody remembers that for the, the infield fly rule that was called when the ball dropped. Fans called correctly, by the way. You know, I, I thought it was correct. Yes. Like it, it, it was absolutely correct. correct. Only people yeah. with Braves colored glasses on think that was a bad call or people who don't understand the actual infl- infield fly rule. But anyway, continue, Lucas. Yeah. So I think that. And in that sense, it, it has worked because, like you mentioned, Dodgers have won their division up until this year, seven or eight, did you say, straight years. And then you can sit back, relax, and you'd be rewarded for that division championship. You only have to play in the National League Division Series. But I think that to, to say that the Cardinals have more experience in a wild card game is kind of silly because the only two players from that 2012 team were Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. And one of those players is going to start tomorrow night's game, which we'll get into uh, here in a little bit. But I think that it's going to be an interesting matchup because, you know, I think people were kind of laughing because it was going to be at one point, a 100 plus win team versus an 88 win team. Cardinals at least got up to 90 wins and the Cardinals and Dodgers had storied postseason uh, history. It's going to be fun. It'll just be another chapter in that history book. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, we don't need to talk about too much of that history because uh, I don't want to cry on camera, uh, but but there has been some good stuff in, in more recent years, you know, but yeah, it's, uh, they, they definitely, I think I saw this as the third most frequent postseason matchup in baseball history uh, behind only the Yankees and Dodgers and the Yankees and Giants. I think Dodgers Cardinals is the, this is what, the seventh time they've met up in the postseason, I think. And so it's a, uh, yeah, it, it, it's going to be fun, and it is a totally different animal just being one game. So uh, maybe let's take a break, and we'll you know we'll talk about the starting pitching matchup because Max Scherzer against against Adam Wainwright has a ton of different little facets and intriguing things to talk about with with these two pitchers. So uh, so let's talk about that in a minute. But first, let's talk about Rock Auto because Rock Auto 
who is our title sponsor today. They brought us this episode, rockauto.com. If you're not familiar with Rock Auto, uh, let me explain it to you this way. There are 800 zillion different kinds of cars in the world. You only own one or two of them. And guess what? An auto parts store doesn't have enough room to stock the parts for all those different kinds of cars. If you go down to an auto parts store to get something for your car, they're either going to have a generic part that, oh yeah, this fits 32 zillion of the 800 zillion kinds. So this will work for you. Or if you want something that's actually made for your car, they can order it in for you and have it shipped to you. Well, guess what? If they're ordering in the part anyway, just do it yourself. You have the internet. You're listening to a podcast or watching on YouTube right now. That's the internet. The same internet that's bringing you this show with Jeff Snyder and Lucas Smith could bring you auto parts by going to rockauto.com. All you do is find your make and model a car. It'll bring you a whole list of all the parts that are available for your car. And you say, there's the one I need. Oh, wow. I just noticed this costs a lot less than they wanted to charge me at the auto parts store too, because it's not just more convenient. It's also less expensive. There's no reason not to use rock auto except just flat out being an idiot. Uh, I, I and, and you're not an idiot that because you're watching this episode. And so, uh, we know you're smart. We know you need auto parts. Go to rockauto.com. And when they ask you how you found out about them, say Locked On sent me. And then they'll know that we sent you. So rockauto.com, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. Now let's talk about baseball some more. What do you think, Lucas? Uh, the, the first time Adam Wainwright faced the Dodgers in the postseason was 2009, uh, and I was at the game. And it, it's one of the actual good memories that Dodgers-Cardinals postseason has brought us. Uh, you know, Matt Holliday's crotch might disagree with it being a, a positive memory, but uh, but I enjoyed that game quite a bit. Uh, that, that matchup was Clayton Kershaw, a young 21-year-old Clayton Kershaw yeah. against a young... I would think Wainwright was only in his forties back then. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, you know, a young, younger Adam Wainwright. And it was a, it was a great game. And uh, Wainwright's faced the Dodgers a few other times. Uh, what are you expecting to see from Adam Wainwright tomorrow? What we've seen the whole year, Adam Wainwright, had, you know, you alluded to it. He, he's no spring chicken turned 40 years old in the month of, in the, I think it's the 31st of August was his 40th birthday. You're going to see some curveballs. <laughs> You're going to see little Uncle Charlie, as everybody you know uh, calls him. His Twitter handle is even Uncle Charlie Fifty. That's how many curveballs you're going to see from him. And we'll talk about the home plate umpire assignment here in a, in a second as well, because that, that for some reason, unfortunately, does matter in this context. Um, a lot of curveballs, and when when his stuff is right, he's not going to strike out 15, 16, 17 guys, but he's he's going to miss the barrel of the bat. He's going to drop in the curveball for strike one, sinker, cutter combination is going to sneak in a changeup in there every once in a while he was the cardinal cy young award winner the entire year when jack flaherty went down in june this starting rotation took a hit because jack flaherty is that kind of starting pitcher that if you lose him it's a massive hit it would be like losing a clayton kershaw if your start if your starting rotation wasn't full of four number one and number two starting pitchers but jack flaherty when he went down the cardinals needed somebody to step up and that was adam wainwright seven eight innings consistently zero to two earned runs and he did that against the Dodgers in the month of September. And his one start there went seven innings, faced off against Albert Pujols, which that was fascinating in, the, in, in its own right. But I'm expecting nothing less than Adam Wainwright. You know, we, we'll talk about it in a little bit with Bet Online, but the over under is seven and a half. 
I'm taking the under because I think both these pitchers have a chance to shut down an offense. Yeah, and then on the Dodgers side, we've got uh, you know St. Louis native Max Scherzer, who uh, did pitch one time against the the Cardinals for the Dodgers this year, and allowed one run. It was unearned on a pass ball. Uh, it was the only earned run, the only run that uh, Scherzer allowed over a span of like almost 40 innings at one point with the Dodgers. Uh, he Scherzer hit a little bit of a rough patch. His, is uh, a couple starts in a row, but uh, he, he got things righted for his last start. And uh, it's, it's kind of fascinating in, in a way. I'm, you know, I obviously I'm glad the games at Dodger stadium for a lot of reasons, but uh, it, it, I wonder if it would have been better for the Dodgers. I don't know. I feel like pitching in your hometown might, you know, in the postseason might bring a little bit of a extra for something, but not that Max Scherzer yeah. needs any extra motivation. The guy's, <laughs> you know, kind of insane and, and intense. And, uh, you know, having faced Max Scherzer in the postseason uh, when he was with the Nationals multiple times, you know, seeing him on that side, it's like uh, I don't envy the Cardinals having to go up against Scherzer because uh, he is a, he is a beast. And, you know, I think the most important thing in any game is how good are you, are you at pitching? Uh, and Scherzer obviously has that, but to the extent that uh, extra motivation and extra intensity help, uh, it, it seems like Scherzer's going to have that in spades. Well, I mean, he, he had that in spades, and when the, when he pitched against St. Louis, anyways, in St. Louis, I don't think I don't think that's going to change when you put him in Dodger Stadium. I mean, because I still think that there's going to be that chip on his shoulder. He also went to University of Missouri, which is where I'm at right now. Well, I'm in my room, but I'm in Columbia, so that's another motivation a Missouri tie to. Um, to, to the Cardinal franchise. And I just think that, like you said, he, he's called Mad Max for a reason. He's intense. He, he knows how to compete. Wayne Wright does it in a very different way. He's not going to pump his glove and, you know, scream like maybe Max Scherzer does every time he gets a punch out, which is exciting in and of, of its own right. But both, both these guys, you know, it's not like Max Scherzer's young anyways. How old is Scherzer? Is he 37 yet? 37? Uh, yeah, I think he's 37. 37. Okay. So we're going to have two veteran guys going at it. I think, because it's a one-game playoff, the hooks are going to be very quick for both of these gentlemen. Leeches are going to be short, whatever you want to say. But I think that, you know, it, it could be, if both starters are on, let me know if you disagree with this, whoever scores first is going to win. you agree with that, if both pitchers are on? It, it's Yeah, it's definitely possible. You know, it's uh, this is one of those games that from the Dodgers' side offensively, I could see it going either way. I could see it being a uh, – and unfortunately, maybe this is the time to talk about – uh, the the home plate umpire because if the Dodgers can make Wainwright come into the zone and, and attack him in the zone and not chase, I feel like uh, things are going to go well for them. But if they if they chase, if they go outside the zone, it's not going to be as as good for them. And the fact is, uh, unfortunately, Joe West is a home plate umpire, and Joe West sometimes is not the best at making a pitcher come into the zone in order to get called strikes, you know? Yeah, and we were talking off air before this. Any pitchers at the major league level, if they're worth their salt, are gonna is going to take advantage of that. If you're going to get two or three inches off the corner, two or three inches up, down, whatever it might be. Because if you get that call once, you're, you're going to go there again. Because why not? You got the call off the outside corner anyways last time, so why not go there again? And that's what Wainwright's so good at. When, when, when he's getting an inch and a half off the outside corner with that curveball, he's going to go there, whether it's going to get it for a called strike, and then you can expand even more with two strikes to get a swinging strike. This tweet is uh, from Blake Harris, TBLA. He gave some stats for, for both of the pitchers with Joe West behind the plate. 
just another reason in that there's a stat for everything out there. So this is Max Scherzer according to, to Blake Harris with um, Joe West behind the plate. 56 and two-thirds of an inning, a 206 ERA, 113 whip, three and a half strike or 3.35 strikeouts for every walk. Adam Wainwright in just 21 of the third innings pitched, 127 ERA, 0.84 whip, 3.17 strikeouts for every walk. Those are, those are lights out numbers. And again, we're, my, you could you could argue, one could argue that we're overanalyzing this with Joe West behind the plate, but those are still interesting numbers to, to dive into. And as we've talked about at length in this episode, in a one-game playoff, in a one-game to decide it all, that's huge. Two or three calls can make the difference in a game. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, those stats, they definitely they don't take into account who they were going up against or any of that. I'm actually looking at the, the breakdown. Uh, Scherzer has only had one Joe West game in the last uh, in the last three seasons. Uh, and so a lot of his came earlier in his career, mm-hmm. uh, only two in the last seven, se- six seasons. So, uh, you know, but yeah, re- really, unfortunately, it, you know, hopefully this means that Joe West really is retiring. He hasn't announced it, but uh, hopefully that's why MLB is giving him this cushy assignment to say, Hey, thanks. Thanks for all you've done and uh, hit the road, Jack. I believe he has actually notified MLB that he's done after the postseason. Oh, good. Good. Uh, because, because in a perfect world, uh, yeah, it wouldn't matter who the umpire is and uh, you know, it would matter who the pitchers are, but you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, it'll be interesting to see because, because Wainwright is a command expert, you know, and especially over time as his stuff has diminished a little bit, he's become even more of a command expert, you know, having to, to, you know, not that his stuff's bad. And like you said, his curveballs as good as it ever was, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have the fastball he used to. And so he has had to maybe adjust a little bit more and, and, hit his spots and he's really, really good at hitting his spots. And if those spots are in places where he's getting calls and the pitches are unhittable, uh, that could be, that could be bad news for the Dodgers. I want to ask you kind of a general question before we take a break and then we'll get into the, the offensive side of this um, for both of these teams. Are we seeing two Cooperstown hall of famers pitch tomorrow on, on Wednesday night? We're, we're definitely seeing at least one. Um, yeah. Adam Wainwright is, is going to be an interesting an int- case, isn't he? He's a very interesting case because, you know, I, I'm just pulling up his stats right now. He he's had uh, an excellent career. Obviously, you know, he's a he's a very good pitcher, but he's kind of going to be one of those test cases to see how how do Hall of Fame v- voters treat this generation of pitchers? Because you know, he's not he. Chances are, he's not going to get to to 200 wins. Um, I mean, he had 17 wins this year. If he has 17 again next year, he would get to 200. But, uh, you know, he, he's at 184 right now. And, you know, it used to be you had to get to 300 wins to, to be seriously considered. Uh, I mean, Burt Blylevin took forever to get into the Hall of Fame because he only had 287 wins or something. You know, that's a full 100 Amateur. more than uh, <laughs> yeah, 100 more than Wainwright has. Uh, and you look at, you know, if you look at his his war totals and you know, all this stuff that people look at these days, he's like, you know, it, it's b- by traditional standards, comparing him to the guys currently in the Hall of Fame, he's not up to those standards, but pitching is different than it used to be. You know, you don't mm-hmm. get as many wins, be you don't go as deep, you don't accumulate as much war because you're not throwing as many innings. You know, Wainwright, what's his his max in uh, innings pitch? 241 looks like. 241 mm-hmm. was like a first half for for Cy Young, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I don't, I think Nolan Ryan probably threw 300 plus innings most seasons, you know? And so baseball is different than it used to be. And I think 
over time, Hall of Fame voting standards will have to account for that. And they'll either have to, you know, either we'll see some sort of adjustments on war or they'll have to kind of lower those standards and say, okay, you know, we can't just look at that right now. It's like 55 to 60 war to really be seriously considered. And Wainwright's at 40 ish right now. Um, but you know, compared to the other pitchers of his era, you know, he's, he's probably, I mean, he's one of the, I don't know, 20 best pitchers at least during his career, probably. I would agree. And you would think 20 pitchers from an era in the hall of fame is probably about right. You know, that's, that's not, ridiculous to think of. If you look at some of the previous eras, you know, you, you, that's probably close to what, what you've had. And so I think there's going to have to be some sort of adjustment at some point. And, you know, Scherzer's got the Cy Young awards. He's got the, the 3000 strikeouts. He's got those magic numbers that Wainwright doesn't have, but I think Wainwright will eventually uh, be the beneficiary of maybe some adjustments to the hall of fame voting uh, criteria or standards. And I think he'll probably eventually end up in there. I tend to agree. I mean, he's a Cardinal hall of famer. Like they have their own team hall of fame. He's a Cardinal hall of famer right now, but again, those, those standards are just so different. And I, I talk about this frequently. If he had an injury shortened in 2015, and then really from 2016 to 2018, he was dealing with various injuries, dead arm, his Achilles still was was trying to heal that, you know, how injuries go, you would get injured one time, you change your mechanics and then something else gets hurt. He was dealing with that for like three seasons. And if you put in a typical Adam Wainwright season in 16, 17, and 18, we're looking at this completely different. And again, it's the what-if game, and I hate the what-if game because it never ends. you know. But I still think that it's worth noting that we, we could be talking about this completely differently if Wainwright wasn't to get hurt um, in 15, 16, 17, and 18. But uh, that's a conversation for another, another time. If you're a betting man, as you say, you might bet. In the, in, the, in the long run. Definitely not a first ballot, but maybe another committee gets him in. But we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll talk from the offensive stand, side of things. But I mentioned betting, and we have a wonderful sponsor for today's show, and that is betonline.ag. We'll talk a little bit of football and a little bit of baseball because BetOnline is the number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season. They have a new updated site and interface, so they have more odds, more props, more contests. More ways for you to make money. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website. You can use your mobile device as well. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus. That means if you deposit $100, you're going to get $50 added onto that with the promo code Locked On when you first sign up. Whether it's football, baseball, basketball, or boxing, or Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Take a look at the line for the Cardinals and Dodgers game. It's a lot closer than I thought. The Dodgers are favored by just a run and a half. The money line is 220. The over-under set at 7.5. So head over to betonline.ag. Place your bets now. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Well, Jeff, we got a, g- a game to talk about to finish up. We've talked about the, the, the overall part. We talked about the pitching part. Let's talk about the offense because the Dodgers are going to be missing their for, their starting first baseman. Is that right? That, that official? Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know if it's official yet. I drove all day today, as you can uh, – people who watch Locked On Dodgers regularly recognize a different backdrop here. I'm at my parents' house because uh, I don't live in Southern California, and there's a playoff game happening in Southern California on Wednesday that I had to be here for. So so I was driving all day on Monday, so I haven't heard for sure if it's official, but 
uh, yeah, Dave Roberts basically all but said there's no way Muncie's playing in the in the wild card game. Honestly, personally, I'll be surprised. Even if the Dodgers went all the way through the World Series, I'll be surprised if we see Muncie again this year. Seeing the way the what his injury looked like, uh, how much pain he was in. It's hard to picture him being back. Uh, but the one thing that the Dodgers have that a lot of teams don't have is like three backup first basemen, you know, that you've got, <laughs> you've got Cody Bellinger, who's a gold glove center fielder. And also, Oh, by the way, used to be the best defensive first baseman in baseball before he became the best defensive center fielder in baseball. Uh, and then you've got Matt Beatty who, can hit really well and can play enough first base uh, to to hold things down. And then you've got a guy, you know, you may have heard of uh, T.O. Albert, uh, our, our good friend Albert Pujols, who uh, – I don't know if that name rings a bell or not. I can be will honest. not be getting the start. I am willing to say that. I know Pujols got the start against Wainwright in St. Louis. That will not be happening on Wednesday. Uh, there, the Albert Pujols' value to the Dodgers lies almost entirely – and at least his on-field value. His off-field value is is ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm, but right. his on-field value is in picking their spots. You know, facing a lefty, yep. and you know he he still uh, he still in fact even more than he did with the Angels. He has dominated lefties with the Dodgers. He has come into those spots and had a lot of big hits for the Dodgers. Uh, his value is not in being a starting first baseman. And so we're going to see either Matt Beatty or Cody Bellinger as a starting first baseman for, for the Dodgers. Uh, and that's kind of going to be a question of, are they looking more at defense? If they're, if they're more concerned about first base defense, they'll go with Bellinger. Uh, not that Beatty's bad, but you know, Bellinger's probably better. And Muncie, uh, you know, surprisingly, if you don't follow the Dodgers, you might not realize Muncie turned himself into probably the best defensive first base in baseball this year. He was outstanding at first base. And so the Dodgers are kind of used to that defense, uh, but they also moved Muncie around at times, had him play second and third at times. And, and they did use Albert Pujols. So they've, they've definitely shown that they're willing to take a hit defensively for the sake of the offense at first base. Um, and so, you know, but Cody Bellinger also has that lightning in a bottle quality. I think I talked about this the other day on Locked on Dodgers that, you know, he's still a guy who can hit you a big home run when you need it sometimes, you know, even if, even though his overall season has been terrible and he hasn't looked great even recently, but he, he's got that power, that power potential. And so I could see them going either way with, with Beatty or Bellinger. And the, the bottom line is whoever it is, is going to be batting eighth probably uh, because the Dodgers lineup is, is extremely deep and, you know, losing Max Muncie for a lot of teams, would be a backbreaker. And for the Dodgers, it's like, well, you know, Muncie was actually struggling the last month or so anyway. And the Dodgers went, they won 18 of their last 21 games of the season, you know, without Muncie contributing a whole ton. And so they are equipped. It's never a good thing to lose Max Muncie to, to, to paraphrase, uh, Coach Boone on Remember the Titans. You just don't replace a Gary Bertier. You just don't replace a Max Muncie. Um, but, uh, the Dodgers more than most teams are equipped to deal with that hit. Well, you, you threw around the phrase best defensive center fielder or best first baseman a couple of times in that little um, answer. Cardinals are going to give you a challenge there. Just a little, little, little side tangent, Harrison Bader and Paul Goldschmidt. And again, not that you were saying you were making that claim steadfast, but just for the sake of conversation, Harrison Bader, I think is on his way to a multiple gold glove career. If he's able to stay healthy and is able to hit. And we all know Paul Goldschmidt can play first base. When Paul Goldschmidt came to this team in 2019, he instantly made that infield defense better just because of the way he could handle a pick at first base, stretch off, whatever it might be, make a throw. He turned well, multiple double plays in 2021 that were crazy. Go ahead, Jeff. 
They were playing the corpse of Matt Carpenter at first base, weren't they? <laughs> they were playing Matt Carpenter at first base. You, you can use that phrase if you'd like. They were playing Carpenter at first. Um, but so Paul Goldschmidt, Harrison Bitter might give Bellinger a run for his money defensively. That's a discussion for a different time. But this Cardinal team, if you were to go position by position, and I'm sure MLB.com will do that because they do that every postseason, and it's fascinating to read. Don't get me wrong. The Dodgers are going to win most of these matchups. Just just cut and dry. On on paper, that I mean, obviously, 106-win team, et cetera, et cetera. But lightning in a bottle, you mentioned, that this Cardinal team has that. I told, I think I might have mentioned this on the, on the playoff preview. If Dylan Carlson, Harrison Bader, and Tyler O'Neill, the Cardinal outfield, is is right, and they're all doing what they need to do. It's one of the best outfields in all of baseball. Yes, I said that. I know it might be a shock because some of you might still be thinking Harrison Bader is hitting 220 and striking out every other at-bat. That's not the Harrison Bader we've seen this year. We've seen it at times, don't get me wrong, but this Cardinal outfield can be legit. One game playoff, you might not see it. I understand that. But this this, this team has some power. Tyler O'Neill. I think it has the capability of hitting it out of Dodger Stadium. He hit it out of Milwaukee Stadium. I don't know what they call it anymore. American Family Field, whatever they call it. He hit it out of Wrigley, which a lot of people can do. He's got light tower power. So I get that, and you probably tend to agree with me that, you know, on paper, matchup comparisons, Dodgers have it. But this Cardinal offense, when right, is scary. And again, that's a big if, and a a when right is kind of of a silly thing to say. But I think that it's going to be difficult to do against Max Scherzer. I know that much because Max Scherzer has dominated – Pretty much his entire career, especially dominated the Cardinals in his most recent start. But but this Cardinal offense, lightning in the bottle is what kind of keyed me into this of what you said. This Cardinal offense has that if they're right. And if Scherzer hangs a changeup or hangs a, hangs a curveball slider or whatever he's got, I think that this, this Cardinal team can hit it out. Yeah, I think lightning in a bottle is Tyler O'Neill's middle name. Uh, <laughs> in, in Canada, they do those forward middle names. He's a strong man, I'll tell you what. Yeah, and uh, you know, so – and Max Scherzer is prone to giving up home runs, you know, and uh, he, in his career, he's done really well against Paul Goldschmidt, although Goldschmidt was actually the only Cardinal who did hit him in the, in that last right. start when, yeah. when, the, when Scherzer faced them, I think he ended up with three hits against Scherzer that day uh, after only having two in his career before that against Scherzer. And so, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, but yeah, I, I could absolutely see Tyler O'Neill hitting a 450 foot bomb off Scherzer. And the, the key is going to be, keep the other guys off the base. Solo homers don't kill you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of Scherzer's career motto is solo homers don't kill you. Keep guys off the bases so that when I do give up an occasional home run, it's a solo homer, trust the offense to, to score a little bit more. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned in the in the bet online ad that the over-under is seven and a half runs. And yeah, you know, it, it, it might be wise to take the under because this yeah. is two really good pitching teams. It's also two really good hitting teams too, though. And so, you know, it's like, it, it, it comes down to at the end of the day in the playoffs, baseball is still baseball, you know, yeah. and any pitcher can have a great day. Any pitcher can have a terrible day. And so I kind of think this is either going to be a, a three to two game or it's going to be a, an 11 to eight game, you know, and uh, it's uh, you know, so really the question is, is the Dodgers going to score three and win or score 11 and win? Right. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Lucas. That might be a question one could ask in a certain universe. I don't know. We'll have to go through the multiverse of the what if, if we want to go that way. But you, you think back to 2014 National League Division Series, Clayton Kershaw, Adam Wayne, right? That was supposed to be a pitcher's duel. Two number ones that year, Cy Young favorites. What was that I, final? Ten, ten or, to nine? Or, or, I, I feel like you, you lost me. I don't remember that game ever happening. Oh, you, you blocked that out one, did you? Okay. okay. I was there. I was. Oh. That, yesterday, you know, 
Monday was the anniversary of that. And yeah, I like, right. I, I, uh, man, I wish I'd pulled this up. If I'd known you were going to bring this up. I saw my time hop today. In fact, Lucas say something else because I'm going to pull up and I'm going to read you something I posted on Facebook the day after that game. Okay. Okay. Something else I can bring up. Um, oh, in game uh, four of if that, you say Ozzy Smith or Jack Clark, I will kill you. No, I won't even go. I, Jeff, I have so many tools in my tool belt right now. I'll, I'll bring up Matt Adams instead, the hanging curveball in the seventh inning of that series. The only bad pitch Kershaw threw in that game. It drives me crazy. He was dominating in that game. He throws one pat, bad pitch to Fat Adams, and suddenly <laughs> the Dodgers lose the game. Oh, my gosh. Well, they also lost the series that year, Jeff. I, I don't <laughs> I don't remember that. I feel like you're making all of this up. Uh, I'm just swiping through my uh, – my time, 2014, so that was seven years ago. Okay, here it is, Facebook, right. on, on October 4th, 2017. During how hard I took last night's Dodger game, I dreamed that Clayton Kershaw and I were at our respective houses, looking sadly out our windows at the stars, singing somewhere out there. Then I woke up crying. <laughs> well, I Are feel you bad glad you, you did crying. this to me, Lucas? <laughs> do, you, you know what? do you feel bad that I was crying, Lucas? I do. Yeah, I do. At the end of the day, we're part of the Locked On Network, Locked On Family. I do feel bad that you were crying that day, Jeff. I, I sincerely do. You know what? Matt Adams isn't walking through that door. Dodgers in <laughs> one. Oh, goodness. You know what, though? It, it's it's going to be a fun game. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I'm going to be at this one again. You know, it's uh, – Playoff baseball is always fun. It's always exciting. The atmosphere is going to be ridiculous. Dodger Stadium is going to be rocking. You know, Max Scherzer on the mound for the Dodgers. It's been an event every time he's pitched at Dodger Stadium since they traded for him. You know, the the atmosphere losing the division or, you know, as I like to say, the Dodgers didn't lose the division. The Giants won the division. But, yeah. you know, having their division title streak broken, I think it's going to give them extra motivation to, to win this game, to go up against the Giants. And, you know, Motivation can only take you so far. At the end of the day, you gotta you gotta play baseball on the field. And yeah. Adam Wainwright is not an easy guy to do that against. Uh, but it's gonna be fun. I know that. You want to fly to LA? Sit next to me at the game, Lucas. Man, if I didn't have homework and or classes, I definitely would. <laughs> Man, you are a child. I'm sitting here with this gray beard, and you're talking about doing homework. Man, you don't even yeah. remember Jack Clark and Ozzy Smith. No, but I remember uh, Matt Adams. I remember Matt Carpenter. I remember. I, I, I do remember a lot because I've been blessed in my lifetime to see a lot of Cardinal wins. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully not on Wednesday. But uh, you know, for your sake, I I hope you can find happiness in other ways in in life, Lucas. Because I do like you. I want you to be happy, and even your listeners. You know, I obviously I'm rooting for the Dodgers here. I have nothing but respect for the Cardinals and Cardinals fans. I'm not willing to say hashtag BFIB, but you know, <laughs> uh, Cardinals fans, I, I've been to the stadium. It's a great stadium. I have an Alan Craig Jersey because Alan Craig and I have, we share a niece. My niece's uncle is Alan Craig. Wow. Uh, she's been at Alan Craig's house and watched Adam Wainwright, like dance on a, on a broom, like it was a pony. So, uh, you know, there, there's lots to like about the Cardinals, but, uh, but hopefully none of it will show up on Wednesday. Cause go Dodgers, you know? Well, we're going to find out probably some numbers between 10, 10 and 10 30 central time. Who, who's going to advance on to play the San Francisco giants. And it's not like either one of them has a reward waiting for them in the very next round. Cause that giants team, whoever plays the giants, a lot of storylines. It's going to be a fun matchup. So that's going to, we're kind of on a little bit long on time. Jeff, this has been fun. Why don't you tell my listeners where they can find you? Yeah, I'm on Snydog. I'm on Twitter at Snydog. Uh, Locked on Dodgers, obviously, uh, wherever you get podcasts or on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube at 
the Locked On Dodgers feed. Thank you. Uh, once you're done watching it, go ahead and turn it on on the Locked On Cardinals feed too. It's the same video, but you know what? We all need the views. And uh, thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day, every single day, Locked On Dodgers and nothing else. Right, Lucas? I tend to disagree with you. I think you can make Locked On Cardinals your first listen, but if, as long as you're listening to both shows, you, you can listen to both. You can find me on Twitter right there. I pointed to the right side <laughs> at LJ Fazball on Twitter. Um, you can follow the show at LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter and Instagram when Instagram doesn't go down for the entire day. Uh, but as well, you can follow Locked On Cardinals on YouTube. And I encourage you all to make Locked On MLB your second listen of the day today as they're continuing their playoff preview and continue to break down the playoffs. Jeff, this has been fun. I hope you enjoy the game on Wednesday. It's going to be fun, like we've said many, many times. Um, and it, it, it's going to be great. Another chapter will be written in the Cardinal Dodger playoff history. Absolutely. Thanks, Lucas. Always fun talking to you. And uh, we'll do it again next year. <laughs> you bet. <laughs>